Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. This is Steve, the Rogue Scholar, and we're going to be talking about the libertarian hellscape that is Yellowstone. It's irresistible. It's a freaking fantastic show. If you can handle watching it, I love it. I can't help but binge it. But I got to tell you, honestly, it's terrifying to watch this show because this show is indicative of everything, everything that is wrong with America today. It is literally the net result of shedding any pretense of a government for and by the people. It is literally what happens when government is usurped by private interests. When one man or one person runs the roost, runs the community, runs everything. And if you get in his way, he kills you. You get in his way, they do something terrible to you. Something's always happening. And the beautiful thing about this show though, is that it demonstrates life on the reservation, which most of us don't get to see. And while people have said it's it, it's very representative aspects of it, some people said it's very hyperbolic. The one thing about this is, is that it shows the extreme poverty and extreme despair that goes with the reservations. And this is in Montana. And it goes, it's all about this guy, Dutton who is kind of like the warlord, the libertarian warlord of the area. This is obviously a cattle ranching and uh, you know farming community. This guy literally is the be-all, end-all. Decisions don't get through him. He controls the pastors of the church. He controls everyone. They know who he is. They know who his kids are. They, you know, they have free reign to do whatever the hell they want to do. And whenever somebody jeopardizes that, they get shot. Now, yes, this is freaking TV. And like I said, I watch this thing. I can't help it. It's irresistible to watch. But it's not irresistible in the sense of seeing what happens when civilization devolves and goes back to serfdom, where you've got one person that basically controls who gets to succeed, who gets to fail, who gets to live, who gets to die, and all the other parameters around it. Now, I don't know how many of you all have actually watched this series, but in the grand scheme of things, when you have a government that doesn't represent the people, when you have a government so small, so feckless, so weak, that it can't regulate or maintain safety for its citizens, where anytime you get arrested, the chances are that somebody is allowing it to happen simply because they have control of everyone. You're not talking about fair. You're not talking about, you know, law of the country, law of order, no nothing. You're talking about literally the whims and desires of one person. In this case, it's this guy Dutton. And, you know, I played the intro to this. And, you know, obviously it's a theatrical performance. You got Kevin Costner, for God's sakes, in there, right? 
this show is being watched by everyone. This is a very, very extremely popular, well-watched show. And as you watch our government collapse around us, as you watch the fecklessness of Joe Biden, as you watch the, the squad and others say they're going to do things but literally do nothing, it doesn't matter what's going on behind the scenes. The fact is, is that our government appears to be weak. It appears to be ineffectual. It appears to be incapable of working on behalf of the people. And when that happens, there's a power void. And when there's a power void, someone fills in that power void. This is the problem with the concept of small government. When you have a government that is so small that it cannot actually make demands and stop people in their tracks, you know, make mandates, right? And enforce mandates, make laws and enforce laws and make it fair. You end up in this really, really shitty, you know, honestly, end of days kind of uh, a scenario. And, and you look, you know, I don't know if you all watch the news or pay attention to stuff, but right before the Super Bowl, Adrian Peterson got into a fight on an airplane and he was taken off and it was plastered everywhere. Adrian P Peterson arrested for domestic violence. His wife, they were all in front of a bunch of people. A ton of people saw what happened. So it's not like it was some big secret. The end of the day, she got a cut on her ring finger, slight scratch or something like that. And because of that, they ended up elevating it to domestic violence. So on one hand, you've got this hypersensitivity to any kind of violence. Somebody hits somebody, somebody strikes somebody, somebody hurts somebody, they go to jail. But in this other libertarian place, it's like whoever they don't like gets to go to jail. And whoever they do like, they find a way to hide the bodies. They find a way to somehow or another allow them to lead the life that they want to leave. Scot-free, no problems. But it's when there's despair, when there's no reasonable expectation of a government for and by the people, when there's no reasonable expectation that elections are free and fair, when there's no reasonable expectation that law enforcement serves the people, protects and serves, for, for, for instead of just serving capital, instead of serving power, it serves the regular people. Well, we don't see that today. Right now, today, in our own country, in the United States, we see a government that cannot regulate Wall Street. We see a government that cannot regulate free and fair elections. We see a government that can lie with impunity to get us into wars. We see a government that literally does not take care of we the people, does not provide the basic services we need to survive. And yet, as we know, we are not living in the wild, wild west anymore for the most part. We are living in very densely populated city-type populations. Even when we live on the fringes of that, we are still dealing in the sprawl and we're still dealing in systems that we can't avoid. We can't just go out and strike it off into the wild, wild west like they used to be able to do anymore. So you are stuck in the system. And the system is serving someone other than you and I. And when you see that happen, the resistance to government, the resistance to fighting for common purposes gets thrown out the window. And we saw that with this pandemic that has come through. 
so many started, instead of looking at collective solutions to how we survived the pandemic, everybody got to myopic. What about me? How do I view it? As we start edging more and more and more towards that libertarian world that you see in Yellowstone. As you look back in time, I've talked about this many times, but if you look back in time at the Roman Empire, slavery was all the rage at the time, so let's not romanticize it. But during the Roman era, there was a lot of culture. There was a lot of education. There was a lot of structure. There was a semblance of peace. There was a semblance of order. But then as the Roman Empire died, on the edges, it started at the edges as people started losing whatever it meant to be Rome. Those little areas started devolving into Yellowstones. They started devolving into places where people just killed each other without even thinking about it. They didn't even have to say, I'm sorry. You had warlords that had their own private armies that the king would summon and try to get all the nobles to bring their armies to fight on behalf of the king. You see that happening now with BlackRock and different groups out there, all these different private actors privatizing the military, privatizing the school system, privatizing healthcare, privatizing the roadways, privatizing literally everything for a profit motive. And once you privatize, you now put the rules and regs and laws into the hands of the private capital owner. It's no longer managed by the state. It's no longer really regulated even by the state because the state does not invest in regulatory apparatus. They do not invest in regulators. They do not in any way, shape, or form have the power or the strength to actually execute on laws that are on the books meant to protect all of us. They don't have the power. They don't have the ability because it's intentionally underfunded by the we want small government crowd. And so you could see the weeping and gnashing of teeth within the pandemic as as it saw authoritarian to institute mandates. Well, people don't want mandates. But then again, we had polio mandates, measles mandates, chickenpox mandates, all kinds of other mandates in the past. You had to go and have your vaccinations and show your vaccination passport card to get into the schools. You still have to do that to this day for all those other things, tetanus, you name it, all of those things. You must show proof. But once those protections start slipping away, okay, there is always a balance. There's always a balance between liberty and personal autonomy and what's in the interest of the collective well-being. What, which, one, which one trumps which? When the case of climate change, I'm going to go with climate science. Goes before our own individual right to throw plastic out there in the streets, to litter to, to uh, take our uh, mufflers off and let our cars just shoot whatever emissions we want into the air, to be able to block and dam water and prevent people from having drinking water because it, the river ran through it. The river ran through my property so I can dam it up and I can go ahead and block other people from having water. All these different things, man, this is all the rage. And you can go back to the Clive and Bundy era. It doesn't take much to remember the entire Clive and Bundy thing. But while everybody is thinking, I am celebrating body autonomy, what they don't understand is every time we weaken a government, now our government, I have already been on record saying, 
is not serving our needs, is not serving us in any way, shape, or form. So this is not to say that what we have today is acceptable. It is not. It is not to say we shouldn't do anything. We should. But what it is to say is be careful what you wish for. When you start sidling up with people that want small government, you end up with Yellowstone. When you end up fighting for people that want government out of their lives altogether, you end up with Yellowstone. When you want the government to stop spending on the people, you end up on the reservation without public services with people in extreme poverty because the government is the creator of the dollar. So when it spends it, it alone has the ability to enhance these communities. But when all those small government cut spending, libertarian-minded people get their way, and when we elevate them and see them as acceptable, we create the foundation and the seeds for our own version of Yellowstone, for our own version of the Dark Ages, for our own version of reinventing serfdom, for our own version of taking away all protections that we revile on one hand, but simultaneously desperately need on the other. How many people in this nation today are autistic, have Asperger's, have some other impairment, if you will, or, or they're just neurodivergent, they're not neurotypical, and they require different help, different things. When you strip away the social fabric, you strip away the protection, you strip away the funding, you strip away any kind of social decorum because what are you going to do? What are you going to cancel me? What are you going to? The fact is, is that we have to consider how we treat the lowest on the food chain, how we treat the lowest, the most vulnerable in society the one that can be hurt the easiest with the least amount of effort. And we've got to build society to protect them as well. Otherwise, we're stuck in a 300 Sparta syndrome where we're just tossing the baby over the freaking mountainside. I mean, Murray Rothbard, who is a libertarian economist, but also one of their gods in that space, talks about how it is absolutely immoral, immoral, and wrong and depriving a parent of their rights to make them feed, clothe, and house their child. That is extreme libertarianism, folks. That is libertarianism. Murray Rothbard, flag bearer of the libertarian movement. Ayn Rand, flag bearer of all kids that are in cells across the world. And so many of our movement, rather than understanding these truths, they get wrapped up in that libertarian-mindedness of don't censor anyone. Well, I'm not here to advocate censoring, but I am here advocating for speaking out, for addressing these things and not just co-opting them, not just giving them air cover, not just giving them legitimacy. Because while we certainly don't want the government we have, I most assuredly tell you, you don't want the government that comes with that, where you walk into a bar and every freaking machismo driven asshole comes up and punches you and threatens you and kicks your ass, takes you out back, beats you until you die. 
because they can. Because what are you going to do about it? Not a goddamn thing. Not a damn thing. And when you don't regulate weapons and you don't regulate well-regulated, even the fucking Constitution talks about a well-regulated militia. These fuck sticks wouldn't want that. They want to be able to have carte blanche freedom. Freedom! They get indignant. Oh, you're you're authoritarian. No dipshit. I want to survive. I want my kid to survive. I don't want to be left prey to you waking up one day after a bender with a gun in your hand and fucking blowing our heads off. I'm not banning. I'm not censoring. I'm not doing any of that. I am looking for the other side of that ledger. I'm looking for protection, too. I'm looking for safety baked into the system so people are not living in precarity both from their government and from the latest warlord that took over the region. But for some reason, this seems like a radical concept. Why is that? Because the ebbs and flows of the libertarian strain, the Tea Party. Y'all remember the fucking Tea Party? Well, the Tea Party is starting to take over the progressive movement, but not in a good way. Not in a way that's advancing a Green New Deal. Not in a way that is actually advancing a federal job guarantee. Not in a way that's advancing ending student debt. No, it's it's in the my body, my choice, get away from me kind of thing, right? But while we do that, we simultaneously are allowing Texas to squash bodily autonomy with women's right to choose and basically overturning Roe v. Wade in their own way. And once again, Texas couldn't be any more liber-frickentarian if it tried. It is the ultimate in libertarian hellscape. It's very important to know. And mind you, let me, let me explain something. It's very alluring. Coming from a libertarian background, me personally, Steve, I celebrated Ron Paul. I looked at wanting, I mean, I read my Facebook memories for 10, 15 years and going back before the conversion back in like 12, 2012, when I finally flipped, you can see the, the stupid shit I said, the absolute unmitigated disaster of an analysis that I had. If I could meet me of then, I'd kick my own ass. Because that's what should be done to somebody that has got that simpleton's mindset. Because that right there, that very belief system, if put into law, if made the way we do things, will literally harm everyone. Especially the most vulnerable in society. Yellowstone is a fantastic show, though. I mean, I can't even lie. It's gripping. It's engaging. It's fun. You want to watch this show. You want to watch this show. Great acting, great storytelling, great scapes, great visuals, great, very well done situations. But when you can walk around because you're the daughter of the most powerful freaking libertarian warlord in the community. 
and you can basically get people beat up at the drop of a dime. If you can go into jails and recruit people to work on your ranch and brand them and make them part of your tribe by doing that, if you can create that fiefdom and that serfdom, there you go. And folks, this is what happens. Going way back, going back to like the 1960s. Folks like Milton Friedman and the Chicago School were busy, busy beavers, busy, busy, busy beavers, working to overturn everything that came with the New Deal. They wanted to eradicate the state. They wanted to eradicate the state except for its defense of freedom and protection of capital. They lived and died on that through the Mount Pelerin Society. And then in the early 70s, you had the Powell Memo. And you had an extreme prejudice to ripping apart the social fabric of society led by Milton Friedman and Volcker as they did everything they could to eliminate state spending. The neoliberal era picked up right then. And the neoliberal era is an adjunct of libertarianism. It is, in essence, peak libertarianism. It is the desire for privatization, zero government, my rules, my body, my life. Don't you dare tell me what to do, boy. Boy. You hear me, boy? Let me tell you something, boy. I'll kick your ass, boy. Who the fuck you think you're talking to, boy? This right here is the ultimate goal. They want to run roughshod, and it's in the Silicon Valley libertarian strain as well through crypto. Now, I'm not here to tell you bad crypto. I'm here to tell you that this strain of libertarianism is taking a foothold in the left. This isn't cancel culture. This is called a wake-up fucking call. This is called wake the fuck up, motherfucker. Now, you go from people going, oh, my God, he said I didn't do my job. I'm so offended. He's beating me down. He's berating me. This kind of sensibility that gets people all huffy and puffy because somebody didn't say it in the way they want to hear it is the opposite, the complete opposite, over like almost shoehorn, like that, that horseshoe thing, like the extreme, ah, because you say, oh, you said I didn't do that right there is the equivalent of the other side was like, fuck you, man, kill you dead, right? And we're, we're like living in this wackadoo polarization where it's either extreme, my rights, my this, my that, or it's extreme, how dare you say something my precious ears can hear? And both of those things can be fucked up at the same time without cuddling and becoming a libertarian society. You understand that they, two things can be true and not become one. Two things can be true and not become one. And this is so important because you shouldn't forget that you're a leftist just because libertarians believe we should free up pot, just because they don't think we should go to war. 
those are great concepts, right? But that doesn't mean you say, well, shit, they're good people. Let's go ahead and just go ahead and end government. Let's go ahead and do this. Oh, get off my lawn. You know, this whole thing of elevating privatization and elevating this extreme bullshit of anti-government. Our government sucks. <clears throat> it really does. It is a fucking fraudulent game of thrones. It's a fraudulent theatrical performance where the elected officials aren't necessarily even elected. Many of them are selected. There's no trust. There's no faith in our electoral process. And as a direct result of not staying focused on fixing that or focused on repairing democracy so it serves us, we end up becoming nihilists. The Democratic Party has done shit for us. I mean, I just talked on uh, Status Quo the other night about Chris Hedges' article, and you should check this out, saying the Democratic Party is the more effective evil, not the lesser evil, the more effective evil. And he lists off two full paragraphs of everything the Democratic Party has claimed they're going to do that didn't do. And I mean, we're talking about low-hanging fruit, stuff that could be done by executive order, and Biden hasn't done it. Why not? Who is Biden serving? It ain't us. So you see, it could be very possible to be anti-Biden and to still give the side eye to some Republican or Libertarian trying to act like, yeah, fuck that Biden guy. Yo, let's go, Brandon, or whatever, right? You can still give them the side eye because they're not fighting for the same shit we're fighting for. They're not. And if you give them air cover for this one issue and all of a sudden they start blending, you put the ink in the water, it's done. When small government becomes the way and all of a sudden you lose those protections, all the things that we have fought for for building a multiracial, intersectional movement respective of the oppressed, respective of gender equality, respective of all these things, you lose that because to enforce gender equality, to enforce racial equality, to enforce eliminating ageism, to enforce not making the people that are handicapable, these folks that have issues, in order to make it so that everyone has a fair shot, you'd have to eliminate that because guess what? In the libertarian world, putting those kinds of restrictions on is force. It's force. Regulatory in bodies are force. Taxes, force. All these things are force. So every time you see our government fuck up and fail, you need to know what kind of government do you want? You claim you're a socialist. What kind of government would embody socialism? What kind of government would help us, we the people, and not constantly capital and warlords and surf living, right? That's what we've got to be building towards. Not giving air cover to insane privatization schemes, militias, warlords, you name it. And it's not funny either. I don't care what comedian talks about it. Fuck that. 
people really get hurt by this. This is not a joke. And we're facing an existential climate crisis, which many of those people laugh at. They think it's a joke because any mitigation you'd have to do to fix climate crisis would require, would require mandates, regulatory environments, cracking down, making illegal certain things that are today staples. Cutting down travel, cutting down pollution, cutting down all these different things. Living a sustainable life requires fundamental change. And to create fundamental change requires coercion. It does. No matter how much we want everybody to love it. Well, I should be allowed to drive a 4 by 4 that pollutes the fuck out of it with my coal rolling. Who are you to tell me that? That's force. You're not respecting me. Oh, my God. You are a dictator. Oh, my God. Right? It's disgusting. It's shameful. It's an embarrassment that the left has allowed that shit into its midst. We're supposed to be fighting a working class battle, but that does not mean that we suddenly become libertarians so that we can all be one. No, you, if you want that, you a class-based warfare, a class-based struggle, the work, it isn't going to be by elevating the rich everybody trying to get theirs that is not how it's going to come we must build community we must have laws on the books that protect society from itself this isn't about censoring have you, have you heard me censor shit doesn't it make you want to throat punch someone that talks about censoring when they don't really know what the fuck they're talking about? See, there's a libertarian coming out of me. I'd love to be just when that happens because it annoys the shit out of me. It gets self-righteous or uppity. Censor. I don't think we should censor shit, but I think that requires, they say, well, that means just more speech. Well, then when you talk about it, they're like, why are we focusing on this? Why are you talking about, why are you wasting our time talking about this? We shouldn't. But you said just a minute ago, the antidote to their stupid speech is more speech. Get it right. What is it, fool? What is it? Is it that we talk back, we negotiate? Is it that we speak our truth into existence? Or is that considered censorship? Because I'm tired of this fucking, like, not even elementary school level reasoning, logic, lack of logic that ignores these most important things. How the fuck are you supposed to make any change whatsoever especially as the ice caps are melting and we got freaking ice shelves falling into the ocean and we've got freaking major glaciers getting ready to slide into the ocean that could create cataclysmic cataclysmic tidal waves and tsunamis that destroy communities and kill millions and the thaw that brings out all the viruses and everything else that has been frozen away for friggin' millions of years coming back onto the earth. And we're not even prepared for it. Well, guess what? It requires some force. It requires some coercion. It requires some regulation. It requires laws on the books. And that might impede your freedom. Because freedom ain't free if it's fucking everyone else.
It's disgusting. I hate debating these kind of childish little kid games. And that's what libertarianism is. It is nothing but an incel trapped in a 13-year-old's prepubescent body, struggling with all the angst that comes with it. And trust me, I was once one of them. And I am so fucking embarrassed that I was once one of them. But it was part of my journey. We say that we want to seize the means of production. Lenin talked about finance capital way back in the 1900s, the dangers of global finance capital. But what have we done? We've created once again private currency scheme. Now, is it competing with an existing structure that freaking doesn't meet the needs of the people? Yes. Does that make it good? No. Can people reason that you, this can be bad and this can be bad, and that doesn't mean because one's bad, the other's good? Can people reason that much? Do they have the capability of reasoning that much? Will they even take the second, or are they so caught up and being part of that cattle drive, being one of the herd, that they don't care? what damage comes from. They don't give a shit. Is that where we've come? Is that how far down the fucking rabbit hole we've fallen? Is that how Yellowstone-esque we are in society today? It's heading that way. It's certainly heading that way. Again, am I canceling anyone? No. Is there some loser out there that might say, I'm trying to censor or cancel? Fuck yes. God damn yes. Sadly, yes. There is. Person's got the reasoning skills of a turnip. Yes, that's what they would do. But here we are. You cannot, you cannot provide freedom without having equality of income, without having income that you can stand on without having shelter, without having the basics. You can't have the kind of equality that we need, the birthright divination, this birthright that you just inherit the world and you're suddenly better than everyone and deserving of running society because you were born into it. This class-based, almost caste-based system. Fucking unacceptable. But that's what we're pushing for. And it's all fun because it's all in the name of owning shit libs that deserve to be owned, by the way. I'm not making cover for them. They're, they're fucking just as bad in their own right. Well, I shouldn't say just as bad. They're differently bad, right? Because you can have two things that are equally fucked up and not embrace the other just because you want to own the other. See, this is what's happening. You could say shit libs are fucking us up. It's true. But that doesn't mean you suddenly become a libertarian because shit libs suck, so let's go libertarian. You could remember you're a fucking leftist. Read your theory and start baking towards building a structure, a society that can deliver leftist values, that can deliver a life that's better for your children, that can deliver education that's better for your children, that can ensure your basic needs are met. Instead of relying on the rich, the Bill Gateses of the world, the John Duttons of the world.
I have about this much tolerance for the Ayn Rand Society. That much. Now, and that might be overkill. I might, it might actually be like negative how much I have for them. It's like, can you get everything wrong? Tell me, tell me you don't know anything in one word. You know, libertarian. There you go. That's all you have to say. I don't know shit. You say I'm a libertarian. You don't know anything. I got it. Cool. Cool story. I got it. You did it. You didn't even have to, you don't even have to say anything else. The rest of the book writes itself. They get economics so wrong. They don't understand that the state is the creator of the currency. And that's why crypto is there. So what do they do? They lie about currency. They lie about money. They lie about central banking. Why? Because they have a goal. They want the state out of money. They want to privatize it. And we look at the left choking on that chode as they sit there and ride that private currency game. The embrace of libertarianism as a result of fecklessness of our U.S. government is the wrong answer. Again, both can be true at the same time. The government is failing us. We need to do something. Libertarian and sucks. It's, it's absolutely destructive. It's counter to everything that we need to do with an existential climate crisis bearing down on us today. But let's get all caught up in our fields. He's talking about censoring. Oh, my God. Shut up. Not true. Not true. This shit gets really old really fast. If you're aware, if you're awake. But if instead you're being like a regular Wall Street trader with, mind you, remember, J.P. Morgan, BlackRock, all those folks. I wonder if they're heavy holders of crypto. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder if there's a reason why the Ted Cruz's of the world are on the take right now or getting funded by crypto. I wonder. This is not to say blockchain is bad. Do you see? You can hold two ideas at the same time without being a yo-yo dipshit. Blockchain, fantastic technology. We can use it to organize. We can use it to create great voting systems. We can do whatever. Bitcoin speculation with pump and dump, just the same as Wall Street. Bad. Hey, wait a minute. Why is that bad? You know, I made a lot of money. Did everybody make a lot of money? Oh, no, I did. Ah, oh, makers and takers. You've been reading your fountainhead lately, haven't you? You've been reading your Atlas Shrugged. Good for you. So what's the difference between you and a Wall Street trader? Not a goddamn thing. It's the same fucking thing. Silicon Valley versus Wall Street. Again, let's be clear. This is not to say that there is not good things that can come from the blockchain technology. But if you understand that libertarianism, a.k.a. fascism, lives and dies on the concept of the state giving way to corporate interests, of creating scapegoats. Let's see how many scapegoats the right wing has created. Oh, but you say the Democrats have done that with China and Russia too. Well, what do you know? They're all fucking neoliberals. So your little red versus blue game just got blown up. They both do it. 
So this isn't a matter of party politics when I'm talking. What I'm talking about exceeds the political duopoly. I'm talking about who you are as an individual and the values you hold dear. Do not let them get co-opted because you see a quick buck in crypto. Don't lose focus of fighting for equality, for fighting for equity, social equity, financial equity, the basic needs being met, the improvement of society. Don't lose sight of your socialist values. Don't lose sight of workers owning the means of production because you get caught up in this libertarian warlord bullshit because you just don't know no better. And don't presume to lecture me because I fucking do the homework. I've read. I'm, I'm deep in it, man. And I lived it too. And I'm here to tell you straight up that libertarians don't solve anything. And as leftists, we're here for each other. Collectivism. Is it distributed? Is it centralized? Is it centralized and distributed? Whatever it is, unless you're willing to go stateless and anarchy and no government, no bosses, none of that stuff, which we couldn't do. Even, even Michael Albert, the great anarchist philosopher and economist said, point blank, the nature of our society today with the climate as it stands cannot survive an anarchist environment right now. We need coercive strategies to be able to survive this. Well, if you need coercive strategies to survive existential climate crisis, then that means that authoritarian situations may sometimes be required. So it's the always never statements. It's the always must haves that you have to start paying attention to. You know, socialism talks about ending private property. Now, they're not talking about you not having a home or you not having you know, your private uh, uh, belongings and stuff like that. They're talking about not privatizing national forests, not allowing banks to have their own agenda, but to serve the state. They're talking about the state being the people's commons, the public purpose. That isn't the case if you've got a libertarian that owns an entire national park or whatever. And then they get to make the rules of their fiefdom because it's their private property. That is an absolutely non-leftist value. That is 100% a right wing, a, a right wing, a fascist position to take. You know, I sit there and I think about, you know, the song, you know, Deep Cover by Snoop and Dre from back in the day. For those of you who just saw the Super Bowl, this is fresh in my mind. I've been it's been on repeat quite a bit. And the reason for that is is that when you create a society where there's not opportunity, where people are trapped, they start going out there and finding ways to survive. Life has a way of trying to survive. And you end up we know all the stories about the CIA and all the other insanity that they've done. But neoliberalism has created extreme poverty and desperation by design. It's the extreme poverty and desperation that molds people ready to work for the man. This is why in Yellowstone, 
you have the brand on the people and the people willing to be beaten the shit out of and abused. And nobody's calling the cops. Say, I got my ass kicked by so-and-so take them to jail. No, hell, you'd be ridiculed. You would be killed for telling on somebody for kicking your ass. But isn't that assault and battery? Remember freaking Adrian Peterson's wife got, you know, he was arrested for a scratch on her finger. Imagine there should be no, no threshold that is good for domestic violence. But you can't have any enforcement other than some warlord coming and shooting somebody. So having a government that can actually sit there and take care of the people instead of creating this subculture where people have to live and die slinging drugs and killing each other for a piece of turf. And you listen to doom, 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 tonight, tonight, you know, all this. When you listen to that, it's like great beat, great song, etc. But it's sad at the same time. It's sad at the same time because it is the, it's that real feeling of knowing that people have to almost kill themselves, literally put themselves in the line of fire or kill others just to make a living because society has been fucked so hard by this neoliberalism. How many kids die from stray bullets? How many kids die of extreme poverty without health care? without food, without shelter, without a grown-up that can actually take care of them and be responsible for them while they're freaking growing up. Poverty and all these other things are a way that the rich measure themselves by. If the gap between them and the next guy and the power dynamics that have always existed in this country from plantation owners since we started colonizing this country, taking land from the Native Americans, literally impoverishing, surrounding them and giving them nothing. The extreme poverty on the reservation is one of the ages. You see as one of the prime actors, one of the women that is on there is a school teacher on the, on the reservation. And she's offered an opportunity to leave the reservation and teach at a really good, good school, right? A good school in, in the white, white, white community. And she's like, as much as I would like that for my own family to not have to deal with this horrible shit, I'm going to stay on the reservation because they need me. If I leave, it's not like somebody just rises up and becomes another teacher. If I leave, it's just one less teacher on the reservation. extreme poverty and we see that all around the u.s and we have no answers for it because we won't learn how the economy works either and now a lot of that comes from these libertarians that are on progressive stations progressive media all over the place talking about how printing money debases the currency invest in crypto oh wait a minute, hold on am i on like rush limbaugh's program no i'm on a freaking progressive leftist channel fuck what am i doing here what the fuck am i listening to the shit for i mean this is it man this is it now do you like what i'm saying i don't know i hope you think about what i'm saying i hope you at least think about what i'm saying 
Because if you're not thinking about what I'm saying, chances are it's going to happen because the allure of an easy buck to a pump and dump on Dogecoin or the next whatever it is, every herd animal, you know, isn't that what they say? The bah, the bah, sheep, bah. isn't that the little bullshit that they throw out there? Because you're not so woke, man. You got to get on the crypto tip, man, right? Well, the herd is taking us away from collective solutions. You may be riding massively together and yet as individuals. And let me tell you something. The least always end up suffering. Otherwise, you're waiting on the benevolence of Bill Gates. You're waiting on the benevolence of Elon Musk. And I'm here to tell you that that's not a leftist value. That's not a leftist society. That's not anything worth looking into at all. It is garbage is what it is. And I hope you all resist being part of that. Remember what the fuck we've been fighting for, whether Bernie was a sellout in your mind or not. Regardless of any of that, remember what you were fighting for. Not me, us. Forget Bernie. If that causes you some problem, forget Bernie Sanders. But when we're pushing, I got mine, fuck you. My rights, my body, my this, my that. When you've gone to that like teen angst level of individualism, you have all but gotten to the libertarian stage. You're all but there, baby. Just a little nudge and you can become a full-fledged member of the Ayn Rand fuck you society complaining about makers and takers. Yeah, we shouldn't all have to stay home. Fuck that. You you sick people, you people with immune systems, you should stay home. It's your fault. You're irresponsible for not being healthy. Fuck you. Don't make me. The selfishness, extreme sickness of the mind, this perversion is literally not going to get us a working class revolution. It'll get us a working class libertarian hellscape. And I'm here to tell you, having come from libertarianism, there's no hope in it. It's a shithole. Reject the premise. Don't forget you're a leftist. Read some theory. I'm Steve Grumbine with the Rogue Scholar. Tomorrow, I have Ruchira Sen. Indian economist joining me on Macro and Cheese. And I hope that you'll check it out. In the meantime, please become a donor. Please check us out. Subscribe. Like this video, please. Share it around. Hopefully it creates some conversation because we need conversation. We need to talk about this. And I'm exercising my right to speak back. That's not censorship unless you're an idiot. I'm out. Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.